0: of the 14th of June 1997. A 14-month-old boy is left in the care of a friend while his mother goes out. She would never see him alive again. This is the story of Jane Lesky. I'm your host Cambo, grab a beer and pull up a deck chair This is True Crime Island, another true crime podcast Hi, Islanders. Well, I'm back in Sydney after the last couple of weeks off. I can't say I'm rested, but thanks for being patient while I was away. But we should be back to regular programming from now on. So this week, we have not only a tragic story, but I must say in researching this, it's a bit of a crazy story. Not only the tragic event, but all of everything that leads up to it. Now, I want to make it very clear But I reckon the main victim by a long way is little Jaden Lesky. So if I seem harsh in what I have to say about some of the other characters that are part of this story, please. I'm probably saying what you're thinking as I often do. You see, this kid would probably still be here today if it wasn't for the neglect of those in charge of his care. So who is Jaden Lesky and those around him? Now, I was able... To get the last coroner's report, and I will rely on it heavily for this episode, along with news items. Now, most of those are from the Age newspaper, which, thanks to all my supporters, I can get my yearly subscription at newspapers.com from. So, first we have to look at the main characters of this saga. So, first up we have Belinda Murphy, born 22nd of September 1975. She was 21 at the time and she was the product of what can only be called a dysfunctional family, consisting of a young mother and drunk, abusive father. She had a younger brother and an older sister, Katie. Now, Katie, when she was 16 years of age, would end up leaving home. She would meet a guy called Brett Lesky at a party in Mowie. When Belinda met Brett, she thought he was a bit of all right and the pair flirted with each other. Now, Katie and Brett weren't a full-on item at the time. Rather, they had a more casual relationship. Now, Katie would run into Brett several times, and during one meeting while pregnant, she and Brett would get together, and they would eventually marry. Now, from what I see, Brett thought the kid was his, and Katie was happy for him to think that. But it looks like it wasn't. Belinda was a bit pissed off at her sister for tricking Brett as she still had feelings for him. Well, they'd been flirting with each other. Anyway, Brett and Katie would get married. But not long after, Belinda and Brett would start an affair and then Brett would move in with her. So soon, even though he was married with a kid to Katie, Brett was now living with Belinda and soon had a kid with her, a daughter they named Brihanna. Brihanna. That's n a a couple of years later, on the 30th of April 1996, a little boy was born that Brett and Belinda called Jaden Raymond Lesky. Now, at this stage, Brett was working with a guy called Greg Domasevich, who was apparently a skilled mechanic. Brett and Greg would fix cars at a property that Greg rented. Now, before we get into too much more detail, we need to talk about the setting of this saga, Maui. Now that's spelt M-O-E. Maui is a town in the Latrobe Valley in the Gippsland region of Victoria, Australia. It's about 130 kilometres or 80 miles east of Melbourne. Now Maui used to be a place where everyone had a job and it was a vibrant community. But it seems after the privatised privatization of the state electricity commission that meant huge job losses and then the subsequent closure of multiple government departments well that resulted in more job losses moe changed and not in a good way it became what locals referred to as moe or moe more of everything more unemployment more single mothers more drug abuse if you can get the drift Maui was now a town where drug use was everywhere. Fights over drugs and women were commonplace. Now, if you know me, I bandy around the term shithole all the time in my normal life. I won't go as far as to to say Maui is a shithole, more a town in decline that the government sweeps its disadvantage away to. So, I do apologise for any of my listeners from Maui, Uh, but look, that's just the way it is there. So back to Belinda, Brett and Greg. Greg being the mechanic, running out of a workshop in Maui, Brett assisting him and Belinda, mother to Jaden and Brianna. So it looks like Belinda started to have the hots for Greg Domasavage and eventually Brett found out and that, (laughs) of course, it caused a lot of issues. Now, Brent wants to leave and go to Western Australia and work. Now, that's probably as far away from Maui as you can get without leaving the country. Now, Katie, Belinda's sister, and still married to Brent, <laughs> tells her that she should let Brent go, and if he comes back, then it's true love and meant to be. You know? <laughs> you know that saying, if you love someone, let them go. If they come back, then it's true love. I'm sure you've heard that say. Well, Brett doesn't come back. Belinda has her own place at 27 Lincoln Street, Maui, not far from where Domasevich lives at 150 Narrakhan Drive, Newborough. Now, from all reports, Domasevich loves little Jaden and loves it when he's around and he's happy to babysit while Belinda goes out raging. Until Jaden gets upset and starts to cry. Then Domasavich would stick him in a room, put up the stereo to drown out the cries until they stopped, or he'd leave him out the back with his pit bulldogs. At times he would slap Jaden and he would be left with bruises and cuts. Belinda knew this was happening but did nothing about it. Now, I'll say that Belinda was brought up in a violent and dysfunctional house and this may have been the norm to her. But to know his sons being abused and then left with this idiot Domasevich, and to continue leaving them alone together, is to say it nicely, negligent. To say it how I would describe it, it's totally fucking stupid. Now, we have a good background on the setting and the people, so let's jump to the day of the 14th of June 1997. Belinda organises a meet-up with her sister that afternoon, And they're planning on going out later that night. She organises a babysitter for Jaden and Brianna at her sister's house in Taralgon. But Domasevich calls her and asks for Jaden to come to his place for the afternoon as he's working on his car and he would have a chance to play Nintendo with him. Now, from what I gather, Belinda thinks Jaden will be with Domasevich for a few hours and then he will drop him off with the babysitter before it gets dark. Belinda then dressed Jaden in warm clothes as Domacevic had said he was going to work on his car and it may rain. Jaden was dressed in a grey tracksuit pants with green trim on the bottom and the words Baby Games on them. A green long sleeved shirt, a blue grey wind and a red jacket. She also pinned a new white dummy on Jaden's clothes and put four nappies in a blue plastic shopping bag along with some more clothes, a bottle an apple, a muesli bar and a lollipop. Belinda had given Jaden toast for breakfast, but he did not have anything else to eat before leaving with Domasevich She said it would be unusual for Jaden to go right through the day without eating more than his breakfast as he had a large appetite and would cry when he was hungry. Domasavich returned to the house in about half an hour and they both put the car baby seat into Domasevich's car. The baby seat was wet, as if it had been on the veranda. Thomas Savage then drove the four of them to Kate Lesky's home in Traralgon, about a 20-minute drive west of Maui. Thomas Savage dropped Belinda and Brihanna off there at about 1.30 to 2pm. Belinda catches up with the sister, then they go to a party and afterwards visit a couple of pubs and continue drinking. Savich arrives back at his house around 2 p.m. Domasavich, who at this time is unemployed, starts to work on his car, an XC Falcon with a six-cylinder motor. Now, according to Domasavich, he was working on his car. He explained that he opened the gates and drove his car into the backyard. There were three dogs in the backyard. On arrival at his house, Domasavich got Jaden out of the car and reversed it up the ramps and jacked up the front of the vehicle. The jack was a trolley jack. He then closed the side gates, and the backyard was enclosed. Domasevich stated that he worked on the car during the afternoon, and apparently he was welding the exhaust to stop the tailpipe hitting against the bumper bar. He was also fixing the heater cable and spraying some of the front of the car. He also said that the car had fallen on him once. Now, for safety reasons, yes, it's good for the car to be on ramps to work under it but then if you jack up the front of the car with a trolley jack you need to support it with jack stands to make it safe a trolley jack is not safe as Thomas savage says it did fall onto him that day this will be important later on According to Domasavich, Jaden spent most of his time with the dogs and was able to go in and out of the house as the back door was partly held open by an extension lead. It rained during the afternoon, but Jaden was not in the rain much as he stood in the garage door. Apparently he got wet, but not that wet. Domasavich stated that it was dark when he finished working on the car. The light to the porch was on at the back, but there were no lights in the garage. He positioned his car in front of the gates when he had finished working on it and then went inside. This was approximately 6pm. Apart from some chips, Savage said that Jaden had not eaten during the afternoon, although he said he had his bottle, which had cordial or coke in it. Now, there is a phone conversation between Savage and a Mr. Farr, which occurred at around 2pm that day. Now this must have been close to when Domas Savage got home with Jaden after dropping Belinda and Brianna off at Katie's house, apparently far called up in regards to rumours he heard about death threats from Domus Savage. This call supposedly lasted for about an hour, so let's say it's finished about 3 pm. Now the phone call ended abruptly, abruptly that when Domasavage Savage said he had to go as someone had just turned up. Now, in the afternoon, Savage calls Katie's house and speaks to Belinda. He tells her about the call with Far and also tells her he was working on his car. He said Jaden had fallen over and he had cleaned him up. He didn't say anything about the fact that Jaden had been bleeding. As it was raining, Belinda asked if Jaden needed more clothes. His response to the effect that it didn't matter because he was going to have a shower or give Jaden a shower and then bring him back to Katie Lesky's. During this call, Belinda said she heard Jaden's voice on the phone. He could say three words, mom, dad, and dog. She thinks she, he said dog, but later she would not be sure she heard anything or if it was the same day. Now, later she tried to call Savage around 15 to 20 times, but he didn't answer. Now, we're calling landline his here, not mobile phones. Okay, so Belinda is told Jaden has hurt himself and fair enough from what she's been told, it was only minor and not serious enough to race home. Maybe. Anyway, there were a number of telephone calls between Belinda and Domasevich. These occurred after she went to Ryan's hotel with her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Belinda said that she first went with the group to a party in Treralgon at about 8pm. They stayed there until about 11pm, then they went to Ryan's Hotel. After arriving at Ryan's Hotel, Belinda telephoned Domasavage from a payphone. She said that she was trying to find out where Jaden was and that during this call she could hear Nintendo in the background. It was during this call that Doma Savage told her, Shits happened. Jaden had burnt himself on his bottom and he'd taken him to Maui Casualty, where they'd put cream on him. Savage also said they did not do it well enough, so he took Jaden somewhere else. Okay, now, now is the time to stop drinking. and Get your ass back home to be with Jaden. Yes, well, no. She kept on drinking with her sister at the pub. Belinda said that while she was at Ryan's hotel, she drank Sub-Zero's, two glasses of bourbon and a can of Zambuka and Coke. Later that evening, she was refused any further drinks at the hotel, although Belinda did not consider that she was that drunk. (laughs) As we all do. Now, Belinda telephoned Domisavich again. During this conversation, he told her that Jaden was not burnt but had a red mark that you get if you stood too close to the heater. Savage said Jaden was a bit red on the right cheek of his backside near the kidneys, but he was not burnt. So his story is already changing. Now, by 1.55am, the early morning of Sunday now this is, Savage leaves his house alone without any, without Jaden to pick Belinda from the Ryan Hotel at Treraldon. At this time, his house is being watched acquaintances of his. When he leaves, these people grab rocks from the nearby railway, hurl them through his window and throw a pig's head on his lawn. Yeah, you can't make this shit up. Apparently it's over a dispute of money, probably drug money, and just shows the fucking mentality of some of the residents of Maui. This act of stupidity would be so very important down the track for a couple of reasons, but I'll get to that later. So Doma Savage picks up Belinda, and on the way back he tells her Jaden is in hospital. Now you would think a mother at this stage would be wanting to go straight to the hospital to see her son, but maybe because she's pissed and tired, or maybe because Doma Savage is such a manipulating scumbag, she just goes back to his place. Now, on arrival, they see the front windows are smashed. They go inside and Belinda just wants to crawl up near the heater and go to sleep, but then she gets a second coming and asks Domas Savage to drive her back to her sister's place so that they can pick up Brianna. On the way out of the house, Belinda sees the pig's head on the lawn. Fuck, that would freak you out, wouldn't it? Anyway, he drives her back to Katie's and he arrives back home at around three thirty a.m. At five, 5 a.m., Thomas Savage drives back over to Belinda and tells her that Jaden is missing and that he had lied about taking him to the hospital. They both go to report him missing at Maui Police Station at five a.m. A huge search is mounted during the day, and the media pick up on it fast. Searchers, including police and members of the public, look in rivers. Bushland and lakes. Nothing is found. Forensic examination at Doma Savage's place will find bloodied tissues in the bin, about 600 in cash, wet and drying out under Doma Savage's bed, and his wallet under the front seat of his car, soaked in water. Now, not only was Jaden gone, but so was his bag containing his nappies, apple, change of clothes, and all that stuff that Belinda had packed for him on the previous day. As you can imagine, both Belinda and Savage were interviewed by police. Savage's story seemed to keep changing, but he told police he'd not gone out from the time Belinda dropped off Jaden to his house until he went to pick her up from the hotel in the early hours of the morning. It would be found that not only did Savage not answer the 15 to 20 calls Belinda tried to make to him, But others would report that he did not answer calls around the same time that afternoon and evening. Also, it was reported by some that drove past his place that his car was not there. Others reported that they saw him with his car out the front hosing down the driveway even though it was raining. All very strange indeed. In fact, there would also be a report of somebody seeing him near a lake. Now, that lake would be the one that would feature further in the story. Now, Brett Lesky, Jaden's father, was in Kalgoorlie at the time working and was able to rustle up enough money with the help from friends to fly back to Moe to help in the search of his child. That same day, Belinda and Doma Savage take off to Melbourne, unknown by anyone, and police start searching for him. Later, police are contacted by their lawyer telling them he will be representing them and they return to Maui two days later. Although people who see the couple in Melbourne tell of them frolicking, frolicking, (laughs) hugging and kissing on the street. Hardly the actions of a distraught mother and a boyfriend who is last to see the child. Now, the police will find the Pig's Head gang and clear them of any involvement in the disappearance of Jaden Leske. They could see that the shattered glass of Donna Savage's windows was undisturbed, so no one had entered the house via the window. Also, there was no other evidence of forced entry into the building. The gang of dickheads, the pig's head gang, would be totally cleared, but police and investigators were so pissed off that they decided to pull this, this stupid fucking attack on the very same night as Jaden went missing. As days turned into weeks, there was still no sign of little fourteen-month-old Jaden. During this time, Belinda went to and fro from thinking Domas Savage was responsible or not. And then, on the 16th of July, 1997, just a month after Jaden went missing, Domas Savage was charged with murder. Still, Jaden was missing, and for police to charge someone with murder without a body. They must have thought they had a strong case against him. He was remanded without bail. It would be on the 1st of January 1998 that a little boy walking along the edge of Blue Rock Lake, about 20 minutes drive north of well, he noticed something in in the water. He called over his grandma, who recognised it was a little body. She probably thought it was little Jaden. She told her grandson to go alert the others, and police were on the scene in no time. The grandma told police she didn't want to leave the body and get help. She didn't want him to be alone for one minute more. It wouldn't take long before the remains were identified as Jaden Lesky, and further searches would find a sleeping bag. Inside that was a bag with nappies, an apple, and Jaden's clothes, all items his mother had packed for him that day. Also, a crowbar was found that had been used to keep everything from floating to the surface. Now, the crowbar would be identified as one that had been lent to Thomas Savage earlier the previous year. Tests to find out how Jaden's body could be located that far from shore showed that somebody would have to walk out and to waste a deep water to place him there. Thomas Savage had all that wet money and a wet mo- and a wet wallet. An autopsy would reveal that Jaden had recently, as in the time of his death, a broken arm and fractures to the base of the skull. He would also have benzhexol in his system. Now, this is used for the symptomatic treatment of Parkinson's disease, and it's also commonly used to treat extrapyramidal, pyramidal side effects occurring during antipsychotic treatment. Now, when found. The broken arm had been splintered up using tape. Now, this was similar to what was found at Domasavage's house, but this evidence ended up being lost or not really taken much notice of at the time. Also, there was found to be a fracture of one of his ribs, and that may have been caused around seven weeks before he died, for fuck's sake. If you've ever had a fractured rib, they are incredibly painful. No wonder Jaden had been crying a lot and if it was inflicted about two months before he died, he must have been only friggin' well he was only friggin' 14 months old when he died so it must have happened when he was only one year old. The fracture to his skull looked like it had been made by something like the crowbar that was found with his body but it had been done as if a pillow had been placed on his head and the crowbar brought down on it as there was no broken skin. Now, when we get to the trial, Domus Savage gets a pretty good defence team. Without going into all the details, they're able to bring doubt as to whether it was Domus Savage or if it was others. The main others they were talking about was the Pigshead gang. Now this gang told police that when they attacked the house by throwing rocks and smashing the windows, that they didn't hear a baby crying. Something you would think would happen as Domus Savage said Jaden was sleeping there at that moment in time. Now, there was some DNA evidence on the clothes found with Jaden. There was a match with a rape victim's DNA that was in the computer system, but they would find absolutely no link with that person and any of the people linked in the Jaden case. Now, this would be put down to the rape victim's DNA, all, all the stuff they were using for DNA testing, contaminating Jaden's clothing in the lab. It looks like both were dealt with at a very similar time. Also, in regards to the Ben's hexol Any system, there's no trace could be found at Domas Savage's house or anyone linked with Jaden. Not that people didn't have this or that Domas Savage didn't have any, but they just couldn't link it with anybody. Now, the prosecution's evidence was mainly circumstantial. With the doubt brought in the case in regards to the pig's head attack and even the DNA fuck up, Domus Savage would be found not guilty of the murder of Jaden Lesky. Now, the police are pissed off. The family are pissed off. Even the pig's head gang are pissed off and wish they'd never chosen that night to attack Domus Savage. So Domasavitch was now a free man and Belinda and Brett would go on to demand an inquest into the death of their son. Eventually, the final inquest was held and I'll read out a little bit. Now under the heading, Conclusion and Contribution. It goes on to say, at the time of his death, Jaden Lesky was a vulnerable 14-month-old infant child who was totally reliant on his adult carers for protection and, support and sustenance It must be remembered that he was a toddler who could mention but three words and it only just started to walk ultimately responsibility for his care and protection rested with his parents Belinda and Brett Lesky who were then separated but because of the separation day-to-day care and protection was in the hands of his mother Belinda On the 14th and 15th of June 1997, Belinda had temporarily relinquished her responsibility to a friend, a Mr Greg Domasavich, while she visited her sister in the afternoon, went to a party and then spent some considerable time during the evening and the morning of the next day drinking in one of the local hotels. Thus, Mr Domasavich became the babysitter and temporarily had the responsibility for the care of Jaden. It was during Mr. Domus Savage's period of caring for Jaden that he died. The cause of death is most probably from head injuries. Precisely how he died remains a matter of contention and conjecture. Whether the circumstances leading to the death occurred by accident, by omission, or otherwise. Precisely how he suffered the injuries to the arm also remains largely a matter of conjecture other than the fact that it occurred shortly prior to death. However, as a helpless 14-month-old infant requiring total support, care and protection by an adult, ultimately it was Mr Savage who failed to provide that adequate and very necessary level of protective supervision, care and support to look after the infant. Otherwise, he would not have received the injuries from which he died. Whatever happened to result in the injuries that were occasioned to Jaden occurred on Mr. Domasavitch's temporary watch. Thus, he has contributed to the death. No satisfactory alternative explanation of the circumstances has been given by Mr. Domasavitch. After Jaden's death, Mr. Domasavitch disposed of his body in nearby Blue Rock Dam. Clearly, he had the opportunity and time to do so. The indicators that led to the conclusion and comfortable satisfaction are A. The last known person to see Jaden alive was Mr. Savage. B. After the incident or incidents that eventually resulted in Jaden's death Mr. Savage had time to dispose of the body in the dam either before collecting Belinda from the hotel or in the early hours of the morning of June after leaving her at her home and before they both went to the police to report that the child was missing. C. Mr. Savage gave false explanations to Belinda about Jaden's whereabout and state of health both before and after she was picked up by him from the hotel. D. Belinda was not shown Jaden when she returned to Mr. Savage's house from the hotel, when Mr. Savage says that he realised the child was missing. And E. Mr. Domus Savage's wallet and money were wet, consistent with having entered the water in order to dispose of the body. The fact that a decision has been made that Mr. Domus Savage disposed of Jaden's body does not enable any conclusion to be reached about precisely how the child died, whether by accident or otherwise. The facts of this case starkly illustrate that responsibility for caring for young children requires a level of constant protective supervision and attention. For a parent, leaving a young child with another individual on a temporary basis, even for a short time, requires a very careful assessment of that individual's ability and history of care and the environment where the child is being looked after. The role of the parent, in this case Belinda, is to act protectively towards the child, by leaving Jaden in the care of Mr. Domus Savage who has had a previous history of at least one incident of inappropriate care she did not act protectively towards her son also in the late afternoon of the 14th of June Belinda was concerned to find out where her son was she she could not get a lift to Mr. Domus Savage's house and in the evening, she unsuccessfully attempted to telephone him on a number of occasions. When she could not connect with Mr. Savage on the telephone, rather than beginning by going to Narrakhan Drive in an attempt to find her son, she went to a party and from there to a drinking session at the local hotel. Thus, Belinda did not act responsibly towards her son, a fact which she appears now to have acknowledged. So there you go. Yeah, look, I may have sounded a bit harsh towards Belinda. I wouldn't say I was victim-blaming, but as I said, the real victim here is little Jaden Lesky. Belinda fucked up in a big way, and I'm sure she regrets it deeply now and wishes she could turn back time and do things differently. So... He was found not guilty by the court, but the eventual inquest was damning for Domus Savage, basically calling him out as the one responsible for Jaden's death. Okay, so what do I think? I think Domus Savage had jacked up the car, then gone inside to speak with that Mr. F- Mister Far for that hour between 2pm and 3pm. During this time, Jaden probably walked it, well, didn't walk, but probably crawled outside, and in his curiosity got under the car. At around 3pm when Domus Savage suddenly had to hang up the phone, this was because he heard the car collapse but maybe he also heard a muted scream from Jaden who was now under the car. Domus Savage then goes out to get Jaden who at this time suffered the broken arm and it may have passed out. You'd think if it was screaming people would have heard it but that wasn't the case. He tries to use a splint to fix it using tape but then realises he's in the shit. He gets a pillow, covers the boy's head and whacks him with the crowbar to kill him. At some stage, he takes the body out to the dam, wades out to waist-deep water and leaves the body wrapped in the sleeping bag with the nappy, apples, clothes and all that, then goes back home where he tries to dry his money under the mattress and leaves his wallet under the front seat. Now, he probably kept it in his pocket when he was wading out. That's why it got so wet. Now, there would be plenty of jailhouse snitches who tell police that Domus Savage confessed to them, but ultimately all of these were just too unreliable. However, one recording was damning. Now, this was a recording of a discussion between Domus Savage and uh, Stephen Vianeman. Now, this occurred on the 7th of April 2004. Now, this Vianeman character was a friend of Carl Williams and Part of all the underbelly of Victoria, so to speak. So, the Animan and I've just cut a few bits out of this. The animan says, "What about when you tormented that kid? You dropped the car on it, mate." Now, Thomas Savage says, "No, if, if mate, I, I'm telling you now, there's a big difference from that and fucking murder. That that for a start, that's accidental death." So, it looks like Thomas Savage is confessing that's how Jaden was killed. Now, they'd been talking about things, but when Vienerman talks, <laughs> tries to say, well, you killed a kid, he's saying, well, that's different, that was accidental. So he sort of can't help but say, well, it's different to murder. So, look, I don't really believe he murdered Jaden. I do believe it was an accident and he freaked out. He hid the body. Now, that, if anything, would be manslaughter at the most, or not even that. If it was an accident and he freaked out, he should just confess and get it all out in the open and take whatever punishment he has to get for his involvement, like throwing away a body or whatever. Now, the main issue with everyone thinking Dom Savage being the culprit is that we have double jeopardy laws in Australia. So unless there is compelling new evidence or a confession, he won't be retried. Now, last he was heard, he was living in a friendless hermit existence in Melbourne. So, if anyone knows him, tell him to do the right thing. Go to police headquarters and confess. Probably be the only worthy thing he's done in his life. And it can finally bring an end to this sad, sad saga. So do it, Greg. So, what a... That episode brought to you by everybody on the Facebook group who asked me to do it this week. Now we're out to the Patreon shout-outs. Now, hi to Anne McMahon, our latest Patreon supporter. Thank you so much. And boom, fuckalunga, Anne. Thank you all so much for your support. And thanks to all the present and past Patreon supporters of the island. It really does make a difference. As you know, True Crime Island... Is a totally listener-supported podcast. Keep it ad-free. As I know you don't like them, I don't like them at all. If you want to support the island financially for as little as a dollar a month, you too can become a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash truecrimeisland. Check out the levels and the rewards. Alternatively, you can do a one-off donation, paypal.me forward slash truecrimeisland. Also, you can support the island by getting hold of some merch such as T-shirts, hoodies, beach towels. Fantastic tote bags. Everyone knows my favorite is the mug of rage all available from truecrime Com. Remember don't buy the black mugs, I say it every week, but please don't do do it. Now the links to Threadless, if you don't want to type all that in is at my website truecrime island.com. I do have keychains, lapel pins and stickers. Now you need to contact me directly for those. That can be done by emailing me, cambo at truecrimeisland.com. And that's also the best way to contact me personally for anything else, such as case requests or just to say, loonfucker langa. Now, I'll contact you this week, Emma and Andy, because you want to get some merch off me, some stickers and stuff. Now, you don't have to spend money to support the island. You can also rate and review, tell your friends, family, and workmates about the island. And if they don't know how to tune in, show them Podcast. True Crime Podcast podcast for anything. It's great. It's a cold world of entertainment. Search for True Crime Island on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and join the closed group on Facebook. I'm nearly running out of voice again. We almost get to the end of the show. Shout out to Curtis. Hi, Curtis in Melbourne. Boom, fuck alonga, mate. So that's about it for tonight. Lots of love to Maggie James and I'm your host, Camber. You've been listening to True Crime Island. And as I always say... Don't forget to delete your browser history. Good night. Form bugalonga.